Yes, he's worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise the Lord. All right, make sure I get everything set just right. Okay. <clears throat> praise God. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, <clears throat> if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Daniel. To the book of Daniel. To the book of Daniel, chapter 10. Book of Daniel, chapter 10. Book of Daniel, chapter 10. We're going to start. Stand with me all over the building for the reading of the Word this morning, if you would, please. Book of Daniel, chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 10. The Bible says, And behold, an hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee. And stand upright. For unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Master, for the next few moments here today, I ask you, Lord, to anoint these lips of clay. Master, use me for a mouthpiece this morning, O God, that the Holy Ghost speak through me to the hearts of everyone in this place. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears, minds, and hearts. Give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word today. Give us the spiritual eyes to see this path as you roll it out before us. And give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. And God, we thank you and praise you for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated. I want to talk to you this morning for the next few moments about this. Set thine heart. Set thine heart. The Bible said here, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to Chasing thyself before thy God. Before is in the preposition form there. It's not as being in front of your God, to chasten yourself in front of your God. It is to chasten yourself before God has to do it. Because I'll tell you right now, somebody's going to chasten you 
It's either going to be you or it's going to be the Lord. There has to be a chastening in the lives of children. And we are children in the eyes of God. And he said, To chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. From the moment that he began to, that he set his mind, his words were heard. I want to tell you something this morning, church. If you don't have a made-up mind to serve God, if you don't make a conscious effort to set your heart, what is that talking about right there, set your heart? What is that? It's to set your mind. How many? Listen, it takes a made-up mind to serve God. If you have not set your mind, set your heart or your will, for God, if you are undecided, you will always side with the devil. If your mind is not made up for God, and you're on the borderline or you're in indecision, you will most always side with the enemy. Why is that? Because the Lord, the Lord is not going to chase you, but the devil will. The devil will chase you. Now, the Lord will seek you, but He's not going to chase you when you're running from Him. He said, come unto me. That's God's way. He said, come unto me, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come unto me. The Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. See, we're going to get into that. But understand that, listen, I'll tell you right now, you've already got your mind set on certain things. You've already got your mind set in directions that you're headed. You've already set your heart. Sometimes we need to reset our heart in the right direction. The Bible tells us over there that First Peter five eight it says, "Be ye sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's trying to keep you aside." Let me ask you a question this morning. And I've asked this not too long ago, but let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you have ever been tempted to miss church? Don't y'all lie, you're in church. Get that hand up, man. I myself have been tempted to miss church. Not since I've been pastoring and not since I've been in the ministry and all that kind of stuff. I don't miss church, but... Let me ask you a question. When you, when you hear that voice, whose side do you jump on? Do you plead your case for the enemy, which is trying to keep you out of church? How many of you know the enemy is the one trying to keep you out of church? 
Do you plead your case on his behalf? Or do you step up to the plate and plead your case on God's behalf? How many of you know Jesus wants you in church? Okay. Well, when that comes, when that voice comes and says, You're tired today. Take it easy. There's a football game on starts at 11. Church ain't over to 12 or 1. Why? You know, if you do this little bit of work today, you won't have to do it tomorrow. So go ahead and just take it easy. Remember, you went to church last week. You don't need to go to church this week. Do you step in and say, You know, God, I'm tired today. I'm really kind of tired. And, you know, I did go to church last week. matter of fact, I even went Wednesday. I mean, I'm good for a month. Lord, I... I'm going to just take it easy today. I, I really am a little tired. I'm going to rest today. I'm going to, you know, this is a day of rest. Do you side on the behalf of the voice trying to keep you home? Or do you side on the other? Do you say, Lord, I'm not feeling too good today. I'm tired today. I'm not feeling well today. And Lord, I tell you right now, you're going to do something about this because i got church in about two hours. I'm sick and I'm going to church. God, i got to, I got church today. Listen, I ain't staying home today. This is church day. God, you're going to have to heal me because the Bible said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Lord, I'm going to the house of God and I don't want to be there sick. So Lord, you're just going to have to heal me, God, because I'm going to church. I've done that many times. Therein is the difference. Therein is that you have made your mind to come to the house of God. When you have made up your mind, you've set your heart. You've set yourself to head for the house of God. Or you've set yourself, whatever you've set your your mind on. Here, Daniel... The angel was telling him that your prayers have been heard and your words were heard from the very moment that you set your heart to understand. I want to tell you right now, church, I have set my heart to live for God. Not just part-time. I mean all the time. I live for God every day of every week, of every month, of every year, and I will till the day I die, and there's nothing the devil can do to stop that. No kind of way. I live for God with my whole heart. I've made up my mind. I don't have to decide whether I'm going to church tomorrow. I don't have to make up my mind. Uh, uh, I don't wait till Saturday night or Sunday morning when I wake up to decide whether or not I'm going to church. I did that a long time ago. I don't have to wake up this morning and say, uh, well, am I gonna, uh, am I gonna, uh, be married today? No. I don't. You know what? I made that decision when I said I do. Here she is right here. She's my wife. I don't have to wake up. And I, I don't have to. If I, if I go out to dinner sometime, I don't have to look around and decide whether or not I'm going to take her. She's the one going because I married her. You know what? I married the Lord right there in the waters of baptism. I took on His name. Praise God. I robed myself in Jesus. As many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
the people of the name. I'm called by His name, praise God. And so therefore, I made that decision a long time ago. I made my mind up. When I said I do, I meant it. I do. Praise God. Church, so many times... We lose power in things in the kingdom of God. We lose favor with God because we've not really, truly set our mind and set our heart. But as Daniel was being told here, he said, when you had set your heart to understand. How many of you know we need understanding in the Word of God? How many of you know we need to chasten ourselves before the Lord does? We have to continually monitor ourselves. The Bible says, be ye sober. Why did he say be sober? Be vigilant. Why did he say be vigilant? Because your adversary, the devil, is not a roaring lion, but he said, as a roaring lion, he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And how many of you, how many of you know that a person in a drunken state or in an altered state like that, is not thinking clearly. Now, if you ask them, well, sure, I'm thinking clearly, man. But they don't realize they're inebriated. They don't realize at that time that a lot of times you can just walk up and just push them over because they're unstable on their feet. Church, we have to be ever watching. We have to be on our toes because the adversary is trying his best to overtake you. He's trying his best to keep you out of heaven and to pull you out of the kingdom. The difference in the decisions you make is how you've set your heart. Remember, as I said before, There's going to be a test. There's going to be a test. Hallelujah. Now, turn with, uh, grab, I'll tell you what, Sister Sander, grab me Matthew 6, 21. Sister Catherine, grab Proverbs 15, verse 16. How many of you know that the devil will also use other people to keep you out of church. Yes. Oh, yes, he will. And, and you know, I, I, I try to tell people to, to watch for this because there's a lot of times that, that the enemy, if somebody's not living for God, then they're able to be used of the enemy. The devil will use anybody. And so, man, at the last minute, People will pop in and, and, and come over knowing that, listen, if you have set your mind. See, nobody in my family would come to my house on Sunday morning. They just wouldn't do it. Why? Because it's already settled. My family already knows that if you want to see me on Sunday morning, you're going to have to see me in church because that's where I'm going to be. There's no question. Unless it's a, a life or death emergency. 
I'm going to be in the house of God. And so if you want to see me, they ain't no question do they need to come to my uh, house. Well, uh, well, you know, we're out of town. And, I mean, you know, we live out of state. We've only be here for two hours. Then, then you're going to have to bring your two hours to this church if you want to see me because this is where I'm going to be. You're not coming down here from Peru and taking me out of church. i got news for you. I don't care how much. I don't care what the situation is. You're not pulling me out of church and you're not pulling me out of this kingdom. Listen, ain't going to happen. My mind's been made up. That decision's made, and it don't change. And so uh, the thing is, people, if it's not decided, you need to let them know where you stand on that. And when it's settled, then if they pop in and show up to try to keep you out of church, and the enemy will use them like that. I know some several instances like that that, uh, that happens quite a bit. And they'll pop in on times when it's... Uh, 30 minutes before church or an hour before you time for you to leave for church and they'll pop in and then they'll sit and they'll just set up shop. Sit down and, hey, well, how you doing? So I'd stop by and visit and then they'll visit you right into past time for you to leave and then you miss church. Well, you know, uh, and, and I understand, I understand, but I tell you what, that'd be a friend I'd be telling real quick, man, I love you, appreciate you, you get in the car or I'll see you when I get back. It's all there is to it. Praise God. He's a friend sticking closer than a brother. He's my boss. I work for him. And I take orders from him. Here they are right here. Here's my orders right here. This is my orders. And I follow them orders, and I don't stray from them. And uh, I, I stick with them. Praise God. Everything in me. And so you have to be careful not to, not to allow that. Because let me tell you something. The moment that the devil finds something that works on you, he's going to use it. Over and over and over and over again. And he'll never let it rest until it quits working on you. Then he'll move to something else. But if he finds something that he can mow you down with, he's going to use it. And so don't be convinced when it keeps coming back. It must be a God. Oh, no, no, no. The devil will use something on you till it quits working. I'll tell you right now, the devil will save the best for last. Let that sink in a minute. There are cards that the devil's not played on you yet. He's saving them for the last moment. He's saving them for right as close to the end as he can get or until nothing else works and then he's going to lower the bomb. But as long as something lesser will work, he'll use that. But he's got his, listen, he's got his backup plan. He's got his fail-safe measure lined up for you waiting on you. Oh, he's a tailor-made devil, yeah. He's got a custom-made plan just for you. He's been watching each and every one of us since the day we were born. He knows exactly what trips you up. He knows what your weaknesses are. He knows what your faults are. He knows where your strengths are. He knows how to head off those strengths. If he knows how that you can greatly be used in the kingdom of God in a certain area, that's the area he'll attack. He'll try to keep you from being beneficial in the kingdom of God any way that he can. So you have to watch him. The Bible warned us. It said, be sober, be vigilant. Because the devil, our adversary, as a roaring lion, walked about seeking whom he may devour. His job, his sole purpose, his only purpose is to keep you out of the kingdom. To keep you out of covenant with God. Because when you're out of covenant, you have no power. When you're out of covenant, you are lost. Now, who's got uh, Matthew 6.21? Give me that. You hear that? 
I want to ask you something this morning. Where's your treasure? What do you treasure? The Bible says where your treasure is, where a man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. What's your heart? It's your mind. It's what you're stayed upon. There's a lot of people in the world that go to church. There's a lot of people in the world that don't care nothing about church. They just go. I love church. I love to be in the house of God. I love to be with the people of God. I love this. I don't do this because it's a mandatory thing. I do this, man, because there's no place I'd rather be today, this side of heaven, than in this house right now with this people, praise God, in this word, the truth, praise God, in this country. This is where I want to be, praise God. I'm here because I love to be here, praise God. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So sometimes we need to stop and think about where is our treasure? What do we treasure? Look at uh, Proverbs 15, sister. Proverbs 15 and 16, please. Read that one more time, sister. Listen carefully. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than all the riches you'll ever come across and trouble therewith. Riches may not bring trouble to the wicked on this stage. But I'll tell you, riches bring trouble to Christian people. Because there's too many attachments that are attached to it. There's too many things that can pull you away from the house of God, the family of God, the kingdom of God, and the word of God. There's too many opportunities for the enemy to work in. That's why the Lord said, How hardly doth a rich man enter into heaven. I know people would say, Well, yeah, but it says, you know, with these things, with man, these things are not possible. With God, all things are possible. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. You show me somebody that's, that's rich on this earth with money, I'll tell you right now, I'll show you a man that's going to have more problems than he can shake a fist at trying to stay in the kingdom of God. Because, I'll tell you, money carries a lot of issues with it. There's a lot of things money can pull you down with. So we have to be careful. We have to be careful to keep our treasure in the right place. And as the Bible says, and I've preached it many times, fear works. Yes, it does. The Bible demands it. We need a healthy fear of the Lord to know, praise God, that He is in control, keeps us in balance. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. First Corinthians chapter 11. First Corinthians chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. See that? 
When we're judged, we're chastened of the Lord so that we don't end up being condemned with the world. But you know what? The Bible tells us that we should judge ourselves and we should chasten ourselves. We judge ourselves and chasten ourselves. Listen, how many times... Now, I've asked you all this before. And, uh, you know, I, I do it uh, quite a bit and maybe probably more than I should. I don't know. How many of you have talked to yourself? <laughs> Brother, then I'm bad. Because I tell you, not only do I talk to myself, but I answer myself and I argue with myself. <laughs> I know it, brother. I know it. I know it, man. I tell you, I'm on the, I'm on the downslide. But you know what? I tell you right now, I, I've argued with myself. And sometimes I'll catch myself. How many of you have ever caught yourself doing something? And you come to your senses and you just said, you said, well, what, what in the I, How many times have you ever seen the aftermath? You've, you've just done something. And then you, and then that spirit speaks to you and says, have you lost your mind? And you sit there and you say, what? What in the world? What? And you talk to yourself, man, what are you, have you lost your mind? What are you thinking? Knowing that, oh man, you're going to pay for this. How many have ever done that? You catch yourself and you just do something and you, and without thinking and you think, oh, oh my, oh my gosh, what in the world? And you get mad at yourself, think, man, oh, you know, I've, I've, I've walked in and said, man, well, you're the dumbest, you're the dumbest bag of rocks I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe you. I thought I had more sense than that. I'm stupider than I thought I was. You know, and you, and just, man, just get to talking to yourself. Well, that's what it's talking about. If we would judge ourselves, church, we need to be vigilant. It means to really keep your eyes open. Pay attention to what you're doing, man. Listen, everything you do has a consequence, good or bad. And so, man, you've got to watch yourself. The devil is always trying to trip you up. He's trying to keep you down. But let me tell you, there's only one way to live in the victory, and that's in Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the victory. You may not see the victory today, but if you're living in Him, the victory's on the way. Praise God. It's coming. Hallelujah. It don't matter what's going on around you. Listen, I do, we have enlightenment night and all that kind of stuff here and all that kind of stuff, but uh, that don't mean that, uh, man, I, I want to roll around and dwell in that. I don't. Uh, I just want to know what's coming at me so I can prepare my heart for it. But I tell you, I don't care what the devil does because my eyes are stayed on him. But I do want to know what he's up to. It don't matter because I know I'm going to make it. I'm going to have the strength to make it through, praise God, but... but I want to know what's coming at me. But I'll tell you right now, church, we've got to keep our eyes peeled. And if you will judge yourself, if you will keep your attention focused and keep yourself in check, then we don't have to deal with Jesus keeping us in check quite as much. Let me tell you, you would much rather chasten yourself before God. <laughs> then have Jesus chasing you. <laughs> I can tell you. His belt's a lot bigger than yours is. And I'll tell you, and he knows how to hit you, man, where it really counts. And so if we would chasten ourselves uh, as uh, as Daniel did here, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of things uh, in the Bible, there's things that tell you that, uh, that keep your prayers from being heard. Sometimes you you need to consider that. Okay, now, <laughs> all right, turn, turn to the book of Psalms with me. I'm going to get some scriptures here, quite a few of them here. Uh, 
Sister Hobman, Psalms 9-1. Sister Opal, Psalms 111-1. Let's see. Brother Chris, Psalms 119-2. Sister Katrina, Psalms 119-34 for me, please. Would you get that for me? Psalms 119 and 34. Okay. Sister Sandra, what is that first one? Did I get you to get me one? Oh, I'm sorry, Sister Hoffman. Go ahead. With my whole heart. Praise God. See, church, we have to be careful not to divide our heart. You need your whole heart into what you're doing. How many of you have ever seen anybody that just half-heartedly did something? Maybe you've done it yourself. Maybe you have you really did something, but your heart wasn't in it. How many of you have ever been, done that? How many of you have ever seen that? Well, you did something. You may, you know, you did it, but your heart really wasn't in it. And you didn't. it didn't get done like it should have done. See, you knew you could have done better. Well, you know, I could have done better, but I don't, I don't know. My heart just really wasn't in it. You know what I mean? We need to serve God with our whole heart. Therein is a made-up mind. If your whole heart is in something, then you have made your mind. You've set your mind towards that. And so God, let me tell you what the Lord said about this. He said, I would that thou were cold or hot. That's the Bible. That's what the Lord said. He said, I would that you were cold or hot. But because you are neither cold nor hot but lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. The Lord would that he said he would rather that you be either on fire for him or stone cold against him. That's what the Lord said. Okay. He's an all or nothing God. Praise the Lord. And that's what it's going to take to get into heaven. All or nothing. Okay, now, okay, who's got 111 in 1? Praise God. I will praise you with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, now, who's got, uh, okay, 119 and 2? Brother Chris? That seek him. Remember what the Bible said. It said, hey, he's a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. That means man wholeheartedly seeking him. He's a rewarder of that. And it said to seek him. He was going to seek him with his whole heart. All right, read verse, uh, while you're right there, read verse uh, 10. Yes. Amen. Praise God. With my whole heart I have sought you. Praise God. Okay. Sister Katrina, would you read verse 34 there, please? Amen. I shall obey with my whole heart. Praise God. See, see, there's, the, there's that commitment of your whole heart. Listen, when you give your whole heart to something, you're committed to that. Amen? It's a commitment, praise God. And serving God, we know, is a commitment. Okay. Now, 69, verse 69 in that. Brother Chris, you have that? Yes. 119.69. And Sister Sandra, would you turn to Jeremiah 24.7, please? Yes, please. See that? I, read that again. I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. This whole psalm is about commitment and resetting, praise God, the heart. His whole heart is in it, praise God. And it takes a made-up mind. It takes a whole heart, made-up mind to serve God. Listen, we can't half-heartedly serve God. We can't half-heartedly commit to God. We've got to be all the way, praise God, and commit it wholeheartedly. Hallelujah. If we want the kind of power, praise God, that this Bible offers right here, then we're going to have to do what it takes to get this kind of power. We're going to have to line up with the Word, praise God. How, listen, how many of you know that the apostles had power? 
Yeah, they had power. You know how they got that power? They were sold out to God. And they spent, man, they spent their life dedicated to the Lord. Their whole heart was pointed towards God, and they lived for God with everything in them. And that's how they got the power, praise God. They had a pure walk with God. Their life was meditated and dedicated, praise God, upon Him. All right, Sister Sandra. Now, let me, let me just say here, if you sometimes have found yourself walking outside of the Lord, and, and understand, I, I myself was backslid for some time. And, uh, and I struggled, man, and I was out, try, I was living for the enemy. And I've always been all or nothing. The, I, I've said it many times. I've got two speeds. It's wide open and stop. That's it. There ain't no in-betweens and there never will be as far as I'm concerned. I'm either all the way in or I'm, oh, I'm out completely. I'm not going to do something half-heartedly. I'm either all the way in it or I'm not going to be a part of it, period. Now, so... I want to tell you, it does not matter how you started. It doesn't matter how you've run. Because where you started and how you've run is behind you. But let me tell you what matters. What matters is today, tomorrow, next week, next month, and next year. Yesterday, last week, last month, last year... It's past. It's gone. There ain't a thing in the world you can do with it. All that's over with. So don't let the devil keep bringing it back up to you. Just push it in the background. Do what Paul said. He said, I consider not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are past and reaching ahead to those things which are before. He pressed toward the mark for the prize of the high calling, praise God. And church, I'll tell you right now, I don't care how you've run. I don't care how you started, how you've run. What matters is what you do today. Hallelujah. Today is the beginning. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. What matters is today. You're not in this church this morning by accident. The Lord brought you to this church this morning. There's a reason for it. As we approach these last days that we're in here, the Lord is trying to draw His people back close to Him. He's trying to get you prepared for a great calling away. Not a falling away. That's going on as well but a great calling away. But you're going to have to be prepared because there's some, there's bad moon rising, as they would say. And you need to be yoked up with the family of God. What's that scripture say, sister? For they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Listen, church, today, today, If you need to return, today is the day to return and commit, praise God, unto the Lord. Now, sometimes you may ask yourself, well, why am I not, why am I not getting my prayers heard? Why is the Lord not answering my prayers? You need to check yourself. You need to check yourself and see where you are with the Lord. Let me tell you something. Any time in my life that I feel that the Lord is not hearing me or not answering me or I'm not getting a response from God, the first thing I do is I start looking to see where I'm at with God. Is there anything I've done different? Is there anything that I have not done that needs to be done? Is there anything I've done that shouldn't have been done? 
Is there anything I've said? Am I harboring an attitude? Am I walking around with an attitude? How many of you know an attitude will keep you away from Jesus? How many of you know a bad attitude will keep you separated from God? You know what a bad attitude is? Usually towards somebody, it's unforgiveness. It has a root of unforgiveness. But even if it's not an unforgiveness, it still can be a root of bitterness. And it'll keep you separated from God. I got Bible for that. Let's look and see. Turn with me to uh, Psalm 6618. Psalm 66, 18 says this, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So we have to check ourselves. Remember, the Lord said, You first. He said, Come unto me. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So you are the one first that will have to surrender, submit, commit yourself to the Lord. And he said, then he would give you that rest. Some of you have been trying to look for rest in your life, but it just seems like every time you turn around, the bottom keeps falling out on you. Some of you say, well, you know what, but I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do this, I've got to get those done. I've had people before say, well, you know what, as soon as I get my life in order, I'm going to come to church. Right now, I just don't have things in order. That's backwards. That's completely backwards. I'll tell you right now, if the devil hears you say that, you will never get your house in order. You may as well quit. Because if the devil knows that by you being out of order that he can keep you out of church, I can assure you every devil in hell will be camped on your doorstep to keep things out of order. He's the author of confusion. And he is the bringer of troubles. But see what the Bible tells us in Matthew 6.33 is it says, Seek ye first, not second, not third, Not on the back burner. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. See, if you seek God first, He owns all that stuff you're after. He owns all that. Everything is subject to Jesus. Everything's subject to God. If he wanted to, he could open up the windows and just drop a billion dollars on you if that's what he wanted to do. I wouldn't look for that happening anytime soon, but he could do it because he's God. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. But then again, the Bible says, What doth it profit a man if he gained the whole world yet lose his soul? So why do people put those things ahead of God and say, well, because the enemy's convinced them that, hey, well, you, you need to get yourself right. So many people believe that they have to get themselves straightened out before they come to the house of God. No, you don't need to get yourself straightened out before you come to the house of God. You come to the house of God to get yourself straightened out. You come to Jesus to get yourself lined out. You come to the Lord to get your life in order. Praise God. This is the place to reorganize what you have destroyed and messed up. This is where you do that. That's right. It's a spiritual hospital. 
So don't let anybody tell you that you need to get your life straightened out first, and then you can come to the Lord. Then you can come to church. No, no, no. You come to church. Let God surrender yourself to God, and God will straighten your life out. Now, don't misunderstand. Don't misunderstand. That doesn't mean everything's going to start coming up roses. I would never tell you that lie because then a month from now when things are, 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 are not flying like roses, you'll be wanting to leave and throw rocks at me. I'm not one of those preachers that will preach to you and say, hey, just bring, bring your money and, and next week you're going to be rich. Next week somebody's going to pop in out of nowhere and pay all your bills. No. No, that ain't the way it works. Lord, fix this thing. That devil's aggravating me this morning. I'm going to slap his head off. <clears throat> now, church, he said here, listen, he said, his people would turn. It don't matter what direction you've been heading. If you'll turn toward him today, if you'll turn toward him today, and surrender yourself and commit yourself, your whole heart to God, let God take control. Let him have the reins. He knows what he's doing. Now, I want you to turn and look, look real close at this scripture in Second Chronicles with me. Turn there with me. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Chapter 7, verse 14 says this. He said, If, a lot of times we just breeze right through this. I know you've probably heard it many times quoted. But I want you to look at this scripture here. He said, if my people, my people, what makes us his people? He said, if my people, which are called by my name, that's what makes us his people, those that are called by his name, shall humble, if, he said, if, my people, he said, shall humble themselves. If my people will humble themselves and pray. I've seen people, church, keep your place right there. I've seen people in this life, everything in their life falling to pieces, caving in around about them, knowing that they needed to pray. The Lord pulling on them, people that had a walk with God before, but they've just been running from God, pushing Him aside. Everything in the world crumbling in around them, and still they will not pray. There are people today that would rather die and go to hell than to go to church. That's a fact. As I said here uh, uh, the other day, listen... <laughs> There are people that if they rather, they don't really don't want to go to heaven, they just don't want to go to hell. They would rather just die and be over and nothing is all said and done. That way they don't have to do anything. They don't have to obey or do anything. They just kind of coast along and I'm going to heaven. But unfortunately, that's not what this Bible says anywhere in it. He said, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek 
my face. Remember that scripture a while ago we talked about over in Hebrews eleven six. He said that he's a rewarder of them that what diligently seek him. He said, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Remember, he said, seek me while I yet may yet be found. And turn, see, will seek me and seek my face and turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear He said, then, if you do all of those things, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There are people walking outside of God right now and and their land's just not, it's not yielding. Their land is is, is not being healed and... The reasons for this is because they've allowed, they've harbored iniquity in their heart or they have been walking outside of the graces of God. They've been walking outside of the covenant. Church, when you are walking outside of the covenant, you have no power with God, nor do you have favor with God. Remember Samson. Samson was strong. Samson was powerful, strongest man ever lived. He was powerful. But how did he lose his strength? A lot of people would say, well, he cut his hair. No, that's not what caused him to lose his strength. What caused him to lose his strength is when his hair got cut, it broke the covenant. He was in a Nazarite vow, and that was part of the vow. That was part of the covenant he was in with God. So when that vow was broken, the covenant was broken. Let me tell you, when you you take on the name of Jesus, you're in covenant. And when you break that covenant, you've lost your power. So then when you say unto the devil, get thee hence, he's going to laugh at you because you came of yourself. You're not any longer robed in Jesus. You're walking outside the covenant. It's that covenant that keeps you robed in Jesus. And so when you're not in covenant with him, you can say all you want to say, but ain't nothing going to happen. You must remain in that covenant to have that power. See, well, a lot of people say, well, you know what? I knew I was in covenant at one point, and I didn't feel no covenant, Lee. I didn't feel no power, Lee. No, neither did Samson. Because Samson went out, he thought he was going to do this and that, but he didn't realize he had no power left. Once the covenant was broke, the power was gone. Sin breaches the covenant. Same thing with, uh, same thing with uh, uh, Joshua. When they were... Uh, just did one, and, and, and I know y'all well familiar with the story. When they had just defeated, uh, when they just defeated Jericho, man, they walked in there, beat that mighty army, no problem. The Lord dropped the walls. They walked in, they had the victory. But what did they do? They went in there and they did what the Lord expressly told them not to do. They took of the accursed thing. They took of the spoil that was supposed to be all taken to the storehouse for God. Remember, His is first. His is first. Period. God's is off the top. And so, listen, they, they took of the spoil. Achan took it, buried it in his tent. And the Bible says they went to this little town afterwards called Ai. And 36 men lost their life over there with a little old small section called Ai. 
Joshua went to crying. Look at Joshua, the book of Joshua 7 and verse 11 says this. No, 10. It says, And the Lord said, Joshua, after this happened, was crying, weeping on the, on the floor of his tent. And he said, the Lord said, he, and the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Israel hath sinned, he said. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. See, the Bible also goes down there in verse 12 and says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies because they turned their backs before their enemies, oh, and, but turned their back for their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except ye destroy the accursed from among you. Church, that's exactly what the people in this country need to do today is to destroy the accursed things from amongst them. You wonder sometimes why there's no power, why you have no power and things like that. You know, there's a, there's a message I preach sometimes called spring cleaning. Yeah, it's called spring cleaning. Some of you may have heard that message. But I would encourage each and every one of you to go through your houses searching for any unclean thing that the devil has brought in. Because those things that you allow in your house carry consequences. They harbor spirits in your house. And if there are things that have come in, you need to get them out of there. You need to get them out of there. Sometimes... Uh, People come in your house and bring things in with them that they don't even uh, that, that you don't even really know that they brought in. I mean, I, sometimes I've seen people find things in their house and say, man, where in the world did that come from? And never knew it was there. Back when years ago, when I used to drink, when I came back to the Lord and and surrendered my life and started living for God with everything in my life. Uh, I, I thought I got rid of everything, but as I was going through and uh, doing some spring cleaning one time, I found some old empty liquor bottles that I had left laying down in there, uh, back in a, in a place somewhere, there's a bunch of stuff piled up. And, uh, and man, I got rid of that stuff. No. Now, I was done with that. That stuff did all damage to me it was going to do. I, I played around with that stuff long enough. And I tell you, if, if, if there would have been some in the bottom of it, I'd have poured it out on the ground. I didn't want no part of that. That stuff had already had a hold of my life a long time. Praise God that He delivered me from that, gave me the ability to get away from that mess. It had me, it had me real hard. It had me real hard. Church, I tell you, we've got to be careful with these old things we allow in our homes and things we allow into our lives. I'll tell you another thing you need to watch. For those of you that have televisions in your house, you need to watch that. You need to watch what you allow on that. Because I'm telling you right now, that's, a, that's filth coming across them screens anymore. It is. It is. I'll tell you right now. And it's, uh, you know, I don't advise it. I don't advise it. You know, we've got one built into our house, and I use it for news and things like that. But I'll tell you right now, 
And they all the time trying to sell me packages. To all, I said, I don't need all that mess. I don't need all that. That's not what I got it for. That's not what I even have it. I turn it on and I watch the news. I want to see what's going on in the world news. I want to see what's going on uh, in, in the love. I don't watch church shows on it. I don't watch none of that stuff on it. I got all the church I need right here, praise God, and with my Bible and things like that. And if I want to see some, some other stuff, well, then I'll go see them. But, uh, but I'll tell you, and I'll tell you, you need to watch them kids and grandkids around them because even cartoons any longer. My grandchildren, several years back, uh, we were sitting there one evening, and my grandkids had some little cartoons on. And here come a naked lady. Pow! Just like that. Just came on and then just splashed it across the screen for just a few seconds. Your mind catches that. And not only that, but some of the cartoons they were watching, I said, what? I said, what is that? And it was people that just, I don't care whether they're cartoon characters or not, folks. If they ain't got no clothes on, they don't need to be watching that mess. Everywhere we go, people, the devil's trying to force his, his agenda. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was, I was, in, I was in Sam's Club one day, and uh, my wife and I, we walked into Sam's Club one day, and well, there's this little bitty woman over there, boy. She's telling them how to run that store, buddy. Son, she's wearing them out. She, y'all, how many of y'all met little Alec last week? Wasn't that precious? He's just a precious little feller. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I just loved him. I tell you, we just love him grandkids. But, you know, she, he, he was sitting on a little cart there, and, and he, she had pushed, she'd gone by these magazines that they had. You know, they put them in the front of the stores. These women got no clothes on, and, and all the, uh, the uh, illicit garbage on I tell you what, that ought to be a crime. There ought to be, that ought to be a felony. They talk about this child pornography and stuff and all that kind of stuff, and they talk about all this abusing children. Man, that's child abuse. If you ask me, what are you doing feeding these kids' minds with that garbage? And so, man, she was giving them down the road about it, buddy. She said, I'm going to tell you what. And my wife saw the magazine she was talking about out in the, wasn't even up by the register, it was out in the aisle. And it was a woman that just had on see-through. Just she had a little skimpy little uh, uh, bathing suit. They call it a bathing suit. I call it dental floss. Yeah, I tell you, it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, and 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 had see-through clothes on. See, you can see right through them. And buddy, she was telling him, "You need to get this stuff off them shelves." And kids walking around here, and and uh, and my wife walked up there and stuck something in front of it where they couldn't see it. But it's the Lord's truth. It's the Lord's truth. That'd have been a trash can. She just took them over and dropped them in the trash. See, that's where it's really where they need to be, right there. But you know what? I tell you right now, church, it's because people have unset their minds. We are a tolerant people, but I'm going to tell you right now, you may be tolerant. And people may preach how good tolerance is, but let me tell you right now, the king I serve is not tolerant. They misconstrue long-suffering with tolerance. Jesus does not suffer. He suffers His people because He knows we got no sense. But He is not tolerant of sin. You know, <laughs> I tell you, they're, they're, the devil's pushing His agenda. 
And because nobody will stand their ground and say anything about it, there's nothing anybody's going to do about it. Well, and that's good. That's good. But, you know, for years we have allowed this to take place. It's called too little, too late. Well, it's, and, you know, we need more organizations like that. Well, well, you know, there needs, there needs to be more people like that. But I tell you, church, we have got to reset our mind. There was a time when people were uh, uh, in this nation had more uh, morals and things about them. They were raised that way. But we don't live in that land anymore. We live, of, we live in the land of, of can't we all just get along? We live in the land of, hey, we're all going to heaven. No, we're not all going to heaven. i got news for you. You better be living for Jesus or you're going to hell. It's just that simple. There ain't no question. I'm not going to solve patty cake it. It is what it is. The Bible's clear about it. Praise God. You need to live for God with everything you got or you may as well quit. That's Bible, church. That's right. And I tell you right now, this pastor ain't playing that. Nor will I ever. If I have to serve God in the wilderness by myself, that's what I'll do. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to bow down to this liberal walk with God. I'm talking about I want to the full measure of God in my life. Praise God. I do not want this patty cake, soft message in my life. I want what's going to get me home. This life's a vapor, friends. This life is not what it's all about. This life will be over just like that. Some of you can remember just yesterday when you was bouncing on mom and daddy's knee and you can look back now and see it went by just like that. I met him 40 years ago. Man, it don't seem like 40 years. Seems like that, man, yesterday. Praise God. I can see you just like yesterday. It flies by just like that. And I want to tell you right now, man, it's here today and gone tomorrow, church. And you need to set your mind, praise God, that this life is not what really matters. It's the one to come that matters. Turn your head toward God and set your heart, praise God. The Bible said, as it said to Daniel, he said, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to chasten yourself, before your Lord, you were heard. Oh, church, I'm telling you, God loves you so much. He loves you so much. He's just trying to keep you awake. He's trying to wake you up to what's going on really in your life. I know that that devil whispers in your ear telling you how much all you're going to have to quit. Oh, you're going to have to quit that. You're going to have to stop that. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. You know what? But what the, listen, what the devil don't tell you is that there are benefits. The benefits far outweigh the sacrifice, I'll tell you right now. And the more you live in this thing, the less of a sacrifice they are. Ain't no sacrifice for me to come to church. Praise God, I'd come to church every day of the week. It ain't no sacrifice for me to come to the house of God. I'd rather be here than any place on this planet. Hallelujah. You know why I don't have church seven days a week? Because everybody else don't want church seven days a week. Or I'd have church seven days a week. Because I have it regardless. I have church seven days a week. I just love church. I just love the Lord.
I just love the family of God. I love being in the presence of the Lord and in the presence of the family. I love them. I love you. I appreciate your company. I like being around you. I'd sure rather be around you than a bunch of people out there getting drunk and all that kind of stuff. I'd sure rather be around a bunch of people that's got some good standards and morals. I'd rather be around you people that have enough love for God to be in the house of God this morning than to be out there with everybody bouncing around the lake. You don't have no, no direction. They don't know what direction they're headed. At least you got some direction. I'm heading that way. That's the way I'm going. And I like being with like-minded people that are heading where I'm headed. Praise God. That's what's so good about the family of God. Let me tell you, you're the family of God. I'll tell you right now, this morning, you're where you're supposed to be. No doubt, you're where you're supposed to be this morning. God brought you here. God just need to tell you this morning, I love you, and I want you closer. I love you, and I want you closer. This message today was the Lord saying, hey, set your heart. Set your heart. You ever hear that old song said, hey, and this ain't even a Christian song, but I like, I like the title to it. It said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Church, don't be led about with every, every wind of doctrine. Don't be led about with everything that comes down the pike. Listen, man, plant your feet, praise God, in the Word of God. Plant your feet in the truth. Plant your feet, praise God, in the house of God, in the kingdom of God. Plant yourself. And don't let the devil pull you out. Make up your mind. Say, you know what? Hey, man, see you Sunday. Praise God. Hey, see you in church. Hey, you want to ride with me? Are you going? Yeah, I'm going, man. Yeah, I'm going. I've made my mind up. I'm going. See, Brother Steve, your family here. You've been my family for 40 years. I'll never forget you, man. And I appreciate you. I believe God brought us back together just like he did me and that fellow sitting right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. God's bringing His family back. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. Church, I tell you, God's bringing His people back together. God's bringing His people back in. It's like, hey, playtime's over. Playtime's over. Playtime's over. Time to come in the house. It's about to get dark. I used to love to play outside. Matter of fact, I'd rather play outside than, than live. And my mother tell you that because I, I almost died a few times from pneumonia and I wouldn't tell her I was sick because I knew that playtime would be over then. Isn't that right? Boy, if I come told her I was sick, she just panicked because she knew, oh, my God, he's dying. For me to say I'm sick, buddy, it was a deadly situation. But I knew when I heard that call, Mama said Come on in. It's getting dark. I knew playtime was over. And church, I'm just telling you, playtime's over. It's about to get dark. And God's calling you in. He's saying, hey, can I put the, put, no, you can't, don't bring that in the house. No, you can't bring that in the house with you. <laughs> Leave it outside. Leave the toys outside. Come on in. And that's what the Lord's trying to say today. Plant your feet back in the Word, back in the house of God, back in the family of God. Get your priorities back set right. Let God put your feet in the path to glory. Let Him plant you 
and let him cause you to start bringing forth good fruit. Praise God. The Lord's got a plan for you. If you'll allow him, he'll line you up with his plan. And he'll cause you to be victorious if you will just set your feet, plant your feet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stand with me today. And I want to close with this. The Bible says this, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, If thou return, then will I bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vile, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. And I will make thee unto this people a fenced brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. Hallelujah. Church, the Bible says...